Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. So a bunch of us went to LaBarge, Wyoming and got wrecked. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Lots of, uh, lots of words spoken, lots of encounters with the Lord. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that, that many people will be sharing their um, experience with you. Uh, last year, we did a big panel to talk about it. This year, um, I felt like, Mika, do you want to come share that real quick, what you were thinking about the operating system thing? Yeah. Hi. Um, hello. Hello, yes. Oh. Um, yeah, one of the things that um, I think goes right along with what Lisa has been sharing and, and praying about, just that surrender and laying things down. Um, early on in the conference, Mark Crawford prophesied, I think it was him, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, that we would be getting a new operating system not just like an upgrade of the same operating system, but actually a whole new one. <clears throat> and as I was walking around LaBarge one morning, um, I walked by this old vehicle that had its guts removed. The like engine, the engine the was lid. totally out. And the thing that struck me was that the bumper was also off <laughs> and it was like the Lord just was speaking to me and so I was just kind of inquiring and I really um, you know that that concept of the new operating system that whole engine is being removed and and the things that used to come in front of us as a method of protection that's off too <laughs> That was really um, a powerful image to me that, that there are things. And, and this morning as we were in prayer, before Lisa started sharing about this surrender, I just saw myself like giving the Lord the bumper. <laughs> like the things that I've used to protect myself, Lord, I give yeah. you. The Come things on, that so I've good. used to, to keep myself safe. Yeah. I give you those things. Mm -hmm. I lay those down, and I fully trust you. So there is that that real, I feel that like he's leading us all into this place of a new surrender and that he is delivering and um, that new operating system. And so I just actually feel like yeah, praying yeah. into that. So, Lord, we, we just see what you're doing in the spirit. We hear the word that's for us as a body, and, and we see those things in, our, in the natural, in our environment that remind us and, and show us what you're doing, Lord. And so as you're giving us, I, I see that, that some of us are that car on the side of the road that's been a little sidelined. Like some of us are running the old operating system. Some of us have had the guts removed. Um, some of us need to actually be the one to pick the engine up and lay it aside. Um, for me, I felt I needed to lay the bumper down. And, and so, Lord, I, I just know that you're speaking to each one about their upgrade and where they are in this process yeah, and you. I just bless that process <clears throat> and and I just speak that new shiny engine with the God-given bumper that's like beautiful and and protective but not you know in our own strength mm -hmm. the Lord's wisdom his perfect design so i just speak that new perfect operating system into existence into each person's life and with that new um way of going about things 
And, and I speak your divine order and I speak divine connection between whatever parts, you know, you put an engine in, it's got to connect to something that was existing. Yeah. And so we just speak to that connection and we're just asking for any rust to be removed. And, and Lord, would you shine that, that piece that needs to make a connection? And, and if there needs to be a new hose or a new connection, Lord, I'm just speaking your grace for the new operating system into whatever parts are in existence that you're working with, Lord. And, and we just see it, believe it, know it, it's true. By faith, we step in with that new operating system. And, and I just, um, in your own spirit right now, just ask that you would receive that in, even into your physical body, into your mind, into your thinking, your spirit. We just receive it now, Lord, and we praise you for it. It's beautiful. It's majestic. It's like nothing we've seen or experienced before. And Lord, we are ready to race with it. We're ready to ride with it. <laughs> it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good word. Good word. Um, so, you know, for context for some people, um, Meek and I were on a leave of absence for an extended period of time over a year. And uh, we came back in December. And in that process, we have been in uh, transition, right? It's still happening, right? People are still getting used to me again. And Mika again, and um, we're not the same people as when we left, praise God. Yep, and those people who know me are like, uh-huh, yep, that's good, yep. Um, and then, um, so, but part of that process is that God is repositioning people in the body um, as well. And so we want to talk about a couple of those transitions that are happening today. Um, first up, in, and um, one of the teams that we have that is probably... Um, like, this is the team that moves the mountain. <laughs> this is the team that gathers. When they gather, they, um, and they begin to pray over something or they begin to intercede for something, um, we have never seen more movement in ministry than with this team of intercessors. And um, Tim and Deborah Roper have been leading that um, for, since before I was gone. So come on up, and um, Tim and Deborah are going to share and uh, we're going to step into a new season with a new operating system. And just, yeah, you can just share whatever you, however you want to do. I don't, yeah, whatever. We good. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, come up. I'm up here. Oh, I need oxygen. <laughs> my, my, my. God has been so good. And he still is. He still is. And he promises to be tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. It's been a pleasure to be a part of the intercessory team that's been put together here over the last few months. Uh, a year maybe, I guess. I, I lose track of time. When you get this old, time just doesn't mean much. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of people think of a stereotype intercessor as some radical, wailing and screaming, carrying on kind of person. And uh, that might be true. <laughs> in some people and at some times. But the group that we have been working with, it's been working with us, but we've been working together for goals. We've seen things in the spirit that God wants to do here. Things have been placed in before our eyes and we have joined together and went after it. Sometimes it got a little wild. But God doesn't care. They say, uh, you know, he's not deaf, but he's not nervous either. So we can have the full spectrum of our emotions engaged. Amen. And as the word 
begins to rise up inside of us by the Spirit of God, the Spirit takes us places, some very wild and loud and some very quiet and soft because it's what He's doing, not what we're doing. So we're not commanding and demanding God to get on the stick and get this done. We're not the boss here. We are reminding him of his word, which he asked us to do. And we're also reminding the devil of what's coming, <laughs> that he no longer has authority in this area or that area, and that the kingdom of God is established here now. You're evicted. Get out. And so that's been the pleasure to see that take place as we come together and work kind of like a militia in, in rooting out areas that God highlights for us. And so we're excited about what's coming, and uh, uh, I'll let you say something. <laughs> well, I just want to say um, being intercessor, there are those who have the call of intercession on them. And there are those of us who intercede. That doesn't mean we're called. You know, we all should pray and intercede. But when Tim and I first came to Harvest Valley, we didn't know what to do, where we fit or anything. So we thought, well, we can just start praying for all the people in the church. So we just started writing everybody's names down, and that's what we started doing. And I guess the word got out that, you know, we would mention, oh, we pray for you. Yeah, pray for that. How are you doing? And I guess word got out, we're intercessors. So, <laughs> so in that respect, I guess we were, because we love the body of Christ. And we know that God has a plan and a purpose. We're his church. And, uh, you know, he works through us here in this earth to do his plan and his purpose. So, but we feel like... When Mark and uh, Peter DeWitt were here, Mark Crawford and Peter DeWitt were here in uh, April of 2017, they uh, prophesied over us that we were seers. First they said, you're um, intercessors. And then they said, no, you're not intercessors. You're seers. That God was going to show us stuff. And as he did that, we would give it to the warriors, the intercessors, and they would go after it, and that we would be giving them bullets, and they would go after it and firing off missiles that were going to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. So we want to pursue that. That's where we're at now in our life. We, we really want to pursue what, what God has for us, and uh, we see that more now than ever, I guess, that that's the way we need to go. And so uh, in that, we are going to step back from being head intercessors, and uh, God is raising up another intercessor. Can I okay. You want to do, did you want to do that? <laughs> okay. All right. So um, Charlene, come up. So this lady, she, she was born an intercessor, I think. <laughs> She's got that calling on her. She's been an intercessor for years. And um, I'm just so excited to see what God is doing, you know, in, in, our, in the body here. And I wrote out some here. I got to follow it a little bit. Uh, first of all, I feel like we're entering that time where the Bible says that uh, eye is not seen and ear is not heard. What great things God has in store for those who love him and wait on him. I believe that's where he's taking the body now, into that place. And to do that, like Chris said, he is positioning and repositioning those in his church body. Um, he's bringing in his divine order. And that's what he's been doing for the last couple of years, um, I had a, a dream about that. I saw the moon fall, or I didn't see the moon fall. Somebody else did, and I went to look out the window, and I saw ten moons in a line, and at the end of that, I saw 
it looked, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a planet, but I could see people's faces on it. And I know now, I believe that was a cloud of witnesses. And um, what my, the interpretation of that, when the moon fell, that's the old. God says the old is over. And we're coming into his new divine order. And that's what's going on in the world. That's what's going on in our country. That's what's going on in the church. He's bringing in his divine order. And with that, I believe that he is positioning you as the head intercessor for this body at HBWC. And like I said, you've been an intercessor for years. It's in your heart. <clears throat> but Charlene, you have the keys of the kingdom. And your voice carries the weight of authority that Jesus has given to you. <clears throat> and it's heard in heaven, and it's heard in the spirit realm. And it's for pulling down the strongholds of the enemy. It's for calling and birthing in the new anointings that are going to be needed for this new era. And it's for awakening the ecclesia to rise up and take their place in the kingdom of God. So it has been said that intercessors hold the master key to unlock the door of God's glory coming in. <laughs> That's a big mandate. But it's not just the intercessors, but I'm, I see the intercessors pulling the whole body in to that, mm -hmm. to praying to praying that, and that's what we want is God's glory to come. But it's for such a time as this. And it's going to be glorious, and we'll all be looking back saying, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> and we're so excited, and uh, we love you, and we just bless you mm -hmm. and all that you do. And we know that the best is yet to come. We love you. Do you want to share anything? Yeah, from the time that when I was born again and, and I was listening to some tapes, cutting my teeth on intercession tapes by Joy Dawson. Wow. When I was a baby Christian, I said, God, I want to do that. I want, <laughs> and it's just something he gave me because that's how the call he, he had you. on my yeah. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was born again into it. <laughs> And, and um, it's been my heart in just praying and uh, just what God's put in me. But I really want to, I, I want to take this so serious. Amen. More than just, oh, yeah, I'll pray, I'll pray. You know, and, and I haven't been flippant, but I haven't, you know, and, I, and I've done it because that's how God's wired me. And I can't do anything other than, than what he's put in me. But I really want to take this this calling serious and God, this is you're doing something new, and I want to hear what He's saying. And I don't want to just pray from my head, my heart, whatever. I want to hear what He's saying, and pray. And I want to be a part of what He's doing. I want us to be a part. And so, I'm I'm just praying, God. I want the fear of God on my life so that Come on. that I just. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to step in any place that he hasn't asked me to step in, and so I'm just asking him, will you pray for me as I'm, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to, God, what you're saying, and and learning to walk here. It's a yeah. new. It's a new walk, and so I'm learning to walk. Yeah. And to the word that you had, Mika. It reminded me of what God has said. There will be rebirthings in the church. So I think that's what we're beginning to see is a lot of rebirthings yeah. to be who he's made us to be. And he's going to be putting us all in the place where he knows we function the best for the body of Christ. Come on. For the ecclesia. Amen. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, well, and I think that it... Um, it doesn't negate where we've been driving and the engine we've been driving with. Do you know, it's not like, oh, that was a bad one and you were in the wrong place. No, it's like, oh, you're, you're now getting this up. It's just an upgrade. It's like such a wonderful gift. So, yeah. So, um, 
I'm just thrilled. I'm, I'm thrilled um, just to see you step into that place with boldness and um, we trust you. Totally. And um, I, you know, you're so close to our hearts and that is just so sweet and you're such a great friend. And as your friend, I commit to praying for you as our intercessor. And I also enlist you, the body, to be praying um, for her. You know, she's in prayer at the, the tip of the spear. And, you know, you get, you get some wind up there. <laughs> so be praying for her. And, um, yeah, for the wisdom and guidance and protection and all the things, all the things that God will put in your hearts to be praying for her. And, um, yeah, get ready. You're so right. I mean, the spiritual realm knows <laughs> when she's they praying. Knows her name. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's exciting. Yep. I'm thrilled. Thank you for saying yes to what God's doing and asking. And, and, and isn't it so cool how God's... I mean, he was working on her before she even knew exactly what he was working on her to say yes to. <laughs> Do you know? God just does that. So he's going to be doing that in, in many of us where he's going to be preparing us and working on us to say yes to the thing that somebody's going to come ask you to say yes to or God's going to just really drop it into your heart to say yes. So praise the Lord. Yeah, come on. That's great. Shirley, I'm going to have you come down here. And then um, Tim and Deborah, can you stand behind her? And I'm going to have you face me. Mika, if you can come down here and join me. We're just going to anoint you and appoint you. Charlene, we praise God for you. We declare that you are anointed and appointed in this season to take the mantle of authority that God is putting on you. The Lord showed me, Charlene, that you're going to be conducting drone strikes from heaven, calling in the angels, the reinforcements, with radical faith for breakthrough, for healing, for reconciliation and recruitment to the kingdom. I thank you, God, that through Charlene's ministry of prayer and leading a team into prayer, that through that ministry, souls are saved, lives are changed. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yay. I'll take it. All right, Anna Lee, come on up. So... Um, along with all of the transitioning, we've gone through a transition on the worship team um, where those who've sewn in during Chris and Mika's absence and the transition of them coming back, um, God's calling them into different things. And so I wanted to thank each one of them today. Kristen, if you'll come up, Dennis, um, Darcy, Rick isn't here, which is a bummer, but uh, yeah, I just want to bring you guys up and Come on, guys. I'm going to look at you guys while I talk. <laughs> right? Thank you. Thank you for standing with me and serving with me and blessing the Lord with me. I love you each very much. And I'm excited to see what God has for each of you and just what he does. Um, I have a book here for each of you and a little card. Dennis, you already have a copy of this book, so it's not that I don't like Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to say thank you personally because you guys picked up for me as well while I was gone. And so just the whole team effort 
to come alongside in, in a place where she's leading for the first time and she's got people around her who helped lift her and build her through that process was amazing. So thank you for me yeah, as well. I couldn't have asked for a better team. I still have an amazing team. Yeah, so thank you guys. Let's give them a hand. Yay. Thank you. Our team, our team is, um, you know, in this house, we've always had a desire to focus on presence over all the other things. Presence. The presence of the Lord. Thanks, Terry. Terry's all over it. He's like, I, I like presence. Um, I want to... I, I want to say that there's, there's certain moments in time that are actually pivotal for the body of Christ to wake up. And Afghanistan's one of these moments for the body of Christ to wake up. Wake up. We have authority in prayer to move things that seem immovable. Our hope is not in a man. Our hope isn't in a system of government. It's not. Our hope is in Jesus. So I want to talk briefly about the power of prayer and that this is, I felt like God was renewing or maybe even establishing a new mantle of prayer in this house. Um, and I think it comes hand in hand with the shift to Charlene and intercession and some of the things that the Lord is doing. And Isaiah 56, uh, verse 6 through 8 says, also the sons of the foreigner. Say, I'm a son of a foreigner. We're, we're Gentiles, right? So this, this is about me. The sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him. And to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. There, burnt out, there, theirs, not the place, right? Theirs, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel says, Yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. He's expanding the tent because of the house of prayer. We are the Gentiles. We are as much Gentiles as those who are living in Afghanistan. I feel like the reason why Afghanistan's kind of a, a moment for the church to wake up is because I haven't seen so many different people rally in intercession for a nation because I don't think we've seen it. I don't think that we've seen what's happened. I think that, we, that, that there's been a lot of shrouded things. I don't want to berate Media, it's easy to do. I mean, that's like, you know, a chip shot. You know, like, oh, I, I can I get a hole in one every time if I aim at the media. The reality is, is that there's been a lot of things that have been happening and the church is starting to wake up like, oh, wait. We've been so comfortable and not pursuing the will of God in the nations yeah, here, let me take out my wallet and I'm going to give to the nations, but we're not praying over the nations. And so I feel, I feel some, I have no idea what the Lord is going to do with that. I have no grand master strategy or plan around this. All I know is that I feel like there is an anointing to pray uh, for the nations. And I believe we are going to see revival in the Middle East like we've never seen before. Um, I believe that when the pressure is, we see the pressure mounting clearly through the Taliban in Afghanistan. And so it is a touch point for us to say, whoa, hang on. 
we, can, we need to be praying, and there's some specific things that we're going to pray today um, over, over um, Afghanistan and uh, break the back of the enemy in that region. A good friend of mine goes to Pakistan every year and is very familiar with um, what it's like to be in a fundamentalist Muslim area. Um, and it is not pretty for boys. It is not pretty for girls. It is not pretty for women. But the Lord has a plan. Uh, if you will, turn with me to Matthew uh, 21, um, verse uh, 18 through 22. It's actually one of my favorite passages because it is right after Jesus cleanses the temple, right? Jesus is in a mood. Okay, let's just say, you know, he woke up a little, uh, little extra that morning and um, goes into the temple Well, he has his triumphal entry, right? And then he goes into the temple and he drives everyone out, overturns the tables and says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves, right? The next morning, he's still in a mood. He returned to the city. He was hungry and seeing a fig tree by the road. He came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately, not like next day, immediately the fig tree withered away. I'm hungry. You don't got what I want. I curse you. Done. Fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, say, do not doubt. doubt. Put your hand on your heart. I reject doubt from my heart. I think maybe half of you got it. Let's say it again. I reject doubt from my heart. Come on, Jim. Amen. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what, has, what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Now, let me just say, We need the mind of Christ to know what to curse and what to bless. We need discernment from the Lord to know what to curse and what to bless. Let me just say that in the last era of the church, discernment left the building. We were willing to declare whatever we wanted and say, slap Jesus' name on it. It must be God because I want it. It's the way I want it to happen, so it must be God's will. We need the mind of Christ, and without repentance, you will not have the mind of Christ. Until we come to the place where we say, God, I think my thinking might be off. Will you teach me how to think? Until we do that, we will not discern the mind of Christ. You will be tossed to and fro. Are you guys okay? I feel a little burn in me right now. Hope it's all right. I believe that God wants us to speak to the mountain and to have it cast into the sea. But I do believe that he wants us so firmly rooted in how he thinks and the way that he sees the world that when we speak, it is the word of the Lord. So perhaps if you're not sure, shut up. If you're not clear, don't start declaring it. If you're not, I'm sorry for being, I'm sorry if that's harsh. I'm just, I'm just saying there's this, we got to get right. Am I okay, John, Lois? Okay, they're my primary accountability in this house, so I got to make sure I'm okay with them. Let me, just, let me just say this. 
the breakthrough that you need is found in repentance. It is not found in more declarations. It's not found in a whole... Like, when you get the mind of Christ, you'll, you'll declare a thing and it will come to pass. I made some prophetic declarations last night and I felt the Spirit so strongly on it and because I, I've, I've learned to discern whether or not it is God or just me because I take a moment to check. Okay, Lord, is this you? Oh, and he's like, don't you dare withhold that word. Uh, here you go. There's an intimacy that we will walk in as we fear the Lord. There's an intimacy that we're going to walk in and receive the mind of Christ when we learn to only declare what he's actually saying. Somebody, last night, we had a little, little gathering, and someone said, you know, just, just speak the word. I said, yeah, but we can twist this thing all around, right? We can twist scriptures to make whatever we want it to make, right? I saw a really funny, I don't know who posted, probably somebody in here posted it on Facebook, that it says, um, if you'll just bow to me, all the world will be, will be yours. And it was on like a calendar card, like an encouraging scriptures card. And it's like, wait, until you realize who said it. Right? Oh, yeah, no, that was the devil. We could twist scriptures. We need the mind of Christ, which means we have to have an encounter with the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God dwelling in us will begin to help you discern left and right, good and bad, righteous, unrighteous, holy, unholy. Like God, God will discern it. And let me just tell you, if you don't feel clear, get with somebody. Get with some people who can pray for you, who can pray with you. And you don't have to take their word as gold. You take it to the Lord. And say, okay, God, that was a hard word. I don't understand that or I don't like that. Then begin to seek God and let him speak to you about those things. Now, over Afghanistan, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a video that was shared by Kathy on her Facebook by Robbie, uh, Robbie Dawkins, who runs schools of, in Islamic countries and has done a lot of work in Afghanistan itself. Um, with um, power evangelism. Power evangelism is evangelism where we're sharing the gospel through signs, wonders, and miracles, okay? So he's, he's actually just taught thousands of, of Afghan Christians on how to do that, right? And, and it's very exciting to see that ministry and all the things that they're doing. Um, but um, he shared a scripture that several people brought to him. okay. I'm going to read the scripture, and then I'll do the other thing. Okay. 2 Kings chapter 6, I'm going to read the story, because this is exactly where Afghanistan is at today. Now, the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God, Elijah, sent, Elisha, sent to the king of Israel, saying, beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are, Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. So what's happening here? The Syrian army is coming against the armies of Israel, and what happens? Every time the Syrian army shows up, Israel's moved. They're gone. They're not there. So they're divinely avoiding conflict because Elisha the prophet is whispering in the king of Israel's ear saying, go over here, go over there. They're coming this way, go that way, right? He's giving them divine strategies on how to win this war and to prevent bloodshed. And then one of the servants of the king of Syria finally says, hey, Elisha, the prophet of Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. 
And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city of Dothan with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Elisha says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now Elisha said to them, I love this, Elisha comes out to the, to the Syrian army and says, says this. <laughs> I love this. This is not the way, nor is this the city. Like total Jedi mind trick. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for, right? <laughs> like totally did it. Like <laughs> he, says, he says, this is not the way. This is not the city. Follow me. I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria where the Israel army was. So it was when they had come to Samaria, they're blinded and they're being followed by Elisha's leading them into the hands of the Israeli army. Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and there they were inside Samaria. Now, when the king of Israel saw them, my father, yelling to Elisha, shall I kill them? He says, shall I kill them? He asks it twice. He's ready to go. You just gave us the enemy army right in our hands. They're blind. You want us to kill them? Elisha says, you shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you've taken captive with your sword and your bow? Set food and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. Then he prepared a great feast for them. He prepared a feast for the Syrian army. The king of Israel prepared a feast for the Syrian army. After that, they ate and drank, and he sent them away, and they went back to their master. So the bands of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. Do you see that? So it was actually the act of kindness and mercy that caused them to never come back. We were blinded and brought right into the middle of the Israeli camp, and now, now we're good. They actually threw a feast for us. They knew there was a God in Israel. Robbie Dawkins believes that Afghanistan will be a Christian nation within eight years. A Christian nation in eight years. I agree. I agree. Let's get some prayer points from this passage. We need to send the angels to do God's work in Afghanistan. They're ministering spirits, right? The angels. And... He actually gives charge to the believers to come in agreement and to send angels. And, you know, it's really interesting. Like, they're on God's assignment, but they actually want an instruction to partner with us. It's crazy, but it's cool. There's a whole theology around that. We can get into that. Not today. We need to release the power of God on the Taliban. This is going to be a sign and wonder to the world, people. What happens in Afghanistan over the next few years, I think it's going to birth a dramatic revival. We need to release the power of God on the Taliban, that God will blind them, bring them to repentance, that they will bow to Jesus. Pray that they're, they're blind to their own efforts 
that there be confusion that comes upon them. Pray that they have visions and dreams of Christ revealing himself as God to them. They will listen to that. Classically, in, in Islamic nations, there's, there's so many stories of conversions because they were visited by the man in white. And the man in white is Jesus. And he says, he, he tells them, I am Jesus, I am the Messiah. Like, this is who I am. And then they are converted. Jesus is meeting with Muslims directly. We do need to pray against the spirit of death and fear that is coming against the church in Afghanistan. And I pray for, I pray, this will sound weird, but I pray for a spirit of martyrdom to come upon the church in Afghan because Afghanistan. Here's what that means. That means that they are not loving their lives under the death and they're going to stand boldly under every persecution and they will not deny the name of Jesus. The pressure is mounting for them at an exponential rate. Pray that they find supernatural routes of escape. That God would strengthen the remnant of believers in Afghanistan, that they would stand in boldness, courage, and faith. They would not bow. They will not yield. They will not deny Christ no matter what they face. That they should stand and stand strong. We need to pray over the... over every Christian woman, child. They're considered infidels, so they can do whatever they want. It's not considered a sin, whether it's rape or molestation or whatever. It doesn't matter because they're not Muslim, according to the Taliban. The intensity of Sharia law is that you can lie to infidels, you can rape infidels, you can molest and abuse and do whatever you want to do with infidels, and, and it is not a sin to them. The girls are sold as child brides and the boys are used as sex slaves. I'm believing we're going to be able to declare that God Almighty is going to turn the tide in Afghanistan. The Muslim world will bow to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is not about competing ideologies. This is about the merciful, gracious, loving God that wants to bring all men to repentance. This is a spiritual battle. I want to read you something, and then we're going to pray, okay? Are we good? Uh, this is a book called uh, uh, Miracle Workers, Reformers, and the New Mystics. Um, uh, Ken and Mary Campbell aren't here today, but Ken gave me this book, and I so appreciated it. It just goes through all the different um, eras of church history and all the people who were considered heretics because they worked miracles and did not bow to the Catholic Church, um, and um, they, were, they were often murdered and martyred, right? Um, and so um, in the, there's this story of, um, of the church between 237, or 222 and 237, Eusebius, who wrote the history of the church, right? He wrote the first book, History of the Church, um, and uh, I believe he wrote that in three, just I think it was like, 298. So this is really fresh history for him to write this, you know, within a generation of these stories and, and seeing these things. He says this, talking about the boldness, the fiery boldness in the early church. There were occasions when on a single day, a hundred men as well as women and little children were killed, condemned to a succession of ever-changing punishments no sooner had the first batch been sentenced than others from every side would jump onto the platform in front of the judge proclaiming themselves Christians. They paid no heed to torture in all its terrifying forms. 
but undaunted, spoke boldly of their devotion to the God of the universe and with joy, laughter, and gaiety received the final sentence of death. They sang and sent up hymns of thanksgiving to the God of the universe till their very last breath. The author, uh, John, uh, John Crowder, I believe, yep, yep, John Crowder, he says, the enemy's advances against the church are very limited, and there is a turn of the tide coming quickly as the enemy's time draws to an end. And I believe that, that we're going to see the kingdom of heaven established on the earth in a dramatic way that, that will blow our minds. And just can I, can I just tell you that in Revelation 18, we see a procession of nations coming before the throne of God. After there's a new heaven, new, like it's, it's weird symbolism. I don't understand all of it, but I know that there has to be nations of the earth to bring their glory before the Lord. I don't know what the timing is, but at some point, every nation will give their glory to the Lord. Daniel 7 says this, 7, 21 and 22. As I watched this horn, the enemy, which was waging war against the saints and defeating them until the ancient of days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. The time is coming. Will you stand with me? Yeah, and the worship team can come. That'd be great. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask that you cry out to the Lord on your own. I really believe that there is, there is a strength on our capacity to pray, to pray and declare what God is doing in Afghanistan is going to sweep the world in his redemption of Afghanistan. Father, I ask right now in Jesus' name that you begin to stir our hearts into a place of intercession for Afghanistan. It's one country among hundreds, and yet, God, I think that you're asking us to partner with the church globally to see revival come to Afghanistan, to protect the lives of the, uh, everyone who's from a Western nation who's trying to get to the airport still. God, protect their lives. God, I pray that a hidden covering over them, that they would be hidden from every, every abusive person. Father, Father God, my heart breaks for, the, for already Americans being beaten in the streets in, in Afghanistan. That report came out yesterday from the Secretary of Defense. And Father, I pray that you would wake up the military might of America to go rescue these people in Jesus' name. That you would wake up the leaders to just get, to get every believer, every persecuted person, every, mm, no, yeah, I take that back. I don't want the believers to leave, but everyone who's in danger, who doesn't belong there, needs to get out. And Father, I pray you would, you would orchestrate a divine rescue. Even today, there would be a divine rescue in Afghanistan. Wake them up, God. Wake them up. Wake up these leaders. Wake them up, God. Father, I'm also asking right now that you would put a veil over the eyes of the Taliban for every Christian Afghani woman, every Christian Afghani child, every boy and girl, that they would be blind, that they would not be able to even see them in Jesus' name that they would not be able to be seen in Jesus' name. 
I pray that there is a, be a spirit of confusion on the leadership of the Taliban. That every, every plot that they try to engage in would fall flat and it would create confusion, that they would have no idea what's happening. And God, you would begin to reveal yourself to them. I pray that they come in the kingdom, that they have radical encounters with you. At the moment where they feel like they've got a mighty victory, where they feel like they've surrounded and encamped the men and the women of God in that country and they feel like they've come into power, God, open their eyes that they might see who's in the hills. God, I pray that you would open their eyes that they might see that they are outnumbered in Jesus' name. And God, I am asking that you would break every curse that has been spoken by the Western church over the Muslim world. God, that that we repent of, of the curses that we've spoken over the people. God, your people that were made in your image, who were called to come into the kingdom, we release you from the curse of the Western church. And we call you into the place of knowing the one true God, Jesus the Messiah. God, you will turn the tide in Afghanistan. And we are grateful, God. We are grateful, God. We are full of thanksgiving and we are full of hope because you broke the spirit of death and fear. You broke the spirit of death and fear. So God, I pray that you would strengthen every Afghani believer right now. God, that you would give them a a new spine and a new background. God, that you'd give them that, that mighty, bold spirit that will not yield, that will not back down, that will not withhold the truth of who you are. And Father God, I pray that they would not love their lives unto death. Father God, I pray that you would guard their life, but God, give them boldness in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray that if there is anyone who is tortured or murdered, God, that you would remove all pain from that process for them. Father God, I pray that that whatever situation they're in, that you would make a way where there was no way for them. God, that you would, God, we're asking, God, we're pleading with your heart to bring revival to Afghanistan, that the boldness of these believers would change the life of the nation, God. Father, you're leaving a remnant. You're leaving a remnant in that country to bring revival. So God, we want to receive revival there, God. And God, will you help us be bold like they're bold? Help us to be bold. Help us, God, to not get caught up in the political spirit, but to be bold for your name, Jesus, for your name, for your name, for your glory. We're going to sing a song because I believe that we need to make a declaration that God is the way maker in this. He's going to make a way. He's going to make a way. We need to declare he's the way maker. He's going to work miracles here. I think, I think there's something that God's doing about getting you off the center of your heart. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, we're so self-centered in our Western Christianity. It's all about me and my experience and how much I encounter. And you know what? God wants us to fear him like we've never feared him before. He wants us to trust him like we've never trusted him before. I believe that as we sing and as we declare and as we've been praying, as we continue to pray, one of the things that the Lord is gonna do is he's gonna expand your vision to the nations to recognize that you aren't here for you. You're here for the nations. Dennis, you're here for the nations. You're here in this place for the nations. You're here for the nations. Richard, you're called to prophesy over the nations. Over the nations. Over the nations. 
not just this region, the nations. Faith, you're going to sing over the nations. You're going to sing over the nations. Come on, let's sing together. Make some declarations while you sing. Let the Lord move you. Come on, he's the way maker. How many of you will commit to take time to pray for Afghanistan this week? Take time to cry out on behalf of the church in Afghanistan that's completely underground. They're being barred from entering markets to buy food because they got all of the, they've already got, the, the Taliban has access to all the secret police's data on what every belief system of every person there and the Christians are barred from buying food. Will you pray for them? As the Spirit leads you. Part of our upgrade is that we're not a small church with a small mantle. We're moving nations. Amen. come grab that microphone and close us in prayer this morning. You have an anointing for healing of the nations. Father, we just thank you for what you have done here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you are waking up the body of Christ across this nation, Lord not be about ourselves anymore, Lord, but to be about those that need you, God, that need to be rescued, those that need your touch, that need deliverance, God, that need your healing. Lord, we just speak healing, Lord, over all the nations of the earth that you would bring your truth to those nations, God, and that this thing that's happening in Afghanistan would just be the first and that many nations would come to you, Lord, through this what's happening in Afghanistan. Lord, we prophesy that right now in the name of Jesus, that Lord, this is the first and it's gonna be a, just a rolling effect, God, across the earth, Lord. God, I pray that you just touch our hearts. Like Chris said, Lord, that we wouldn't be about ourselves anymore, that we would be about others, Lord, and that we would be the rescuers, Lord, that you have called us to be. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, that you are love and that you have called us to be possessed by love, Lord, to be possessed by love. That when people encounter us, Lord, they would see pure love poured out upon their lives. That nobody around us would be safe from your love, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Chris, I want to thank you for your boldness. I want to thank you for waking us all up to that next level. We're not just a small church here. We're not just a few people. What we could start right here could change nations, and we all know that. So I just wanted to reiterate that, that you didn't go overboard at all. In fact, you could have even gone more. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Will you say yes?
I think we should really say yes to what God's calling you. Like what you've sensed this morning and the things that God's doing in your life and your heart. Will you say yes to that thing? Maybe we should say it together. Maybe we shouldn't just say it, but we should proclaim it. <laughs> Prosukamai it. Like with, with such force that it rends the heavens. Yeah. I have a feeling kind of like a spiritual nuclear bomb going off is kind of what I picture. And like the angels will see the mushroom cloud and be like, oh, what's going on over there? Yeah. With your yes, with your yes. So will you say yes with me? Declare it. Make it loud. On three, let's do it together. God, we're giving you our yes. We're giving you all that we are. And Father, the, the deeper places and the bigger things that you're calling us into, God, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. And together on three, we declare yes. One, two, three. Get your finger, pointer finger out. Every limit, every doubt, every anxious thought that the enemy would want to bring up. No, 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 none of that, none of that. I curse the limits that have been on your life. And like a fig tree, they're going to wither. I want you to point at the thing that needs to move in your life. When you see it come up, point your finger at it and say, you got to move. You got to move. You got to move. We might be known as, the, as a love church, but we might be the rude church because we're going to be pointing our fingers going, you got to move. You got to move. You got to move. Those things that have, been that, that have been a barrier for you, you point your finger at it and go, you got to move. If it's been your lack of faith, point your finger at the word of God. At, at, point your finger at your faith and go, you got to move. Point your finger at doubt. You got to move. Point your finger at shame. You gotta move. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of timidity broken off of this house in Jesus' name. We're not afraid. Fear go, Holy Spirit come. Fear go, Holy Spirit come. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, hug on somebody. Tell them you love them. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.